y'all. Welcome to What's Up Deck, the chillest tarot podcast with the punniest name. I'm your host, Liana Marie. Let's see what's going on in the tarotverse today. All right, all right. Hello and welcome to another episode of What's Up Deck with me, Liana Marie. Apparently we're just going to start singing that, you know, episode 20, it's going to be a full opera. Keep an eye out for that. (laughs) Yeah, I've never seen an opera in my life. It's not going to be an opera. But welcome. Today we might wind up a little longer. We'll see. We'll see what happens in editing. Because today we are going to talk about one of my favorite spreads. It was one of the most standard, most asked for, most utilized spreads. If you've ever seen a tarot reading, it's likely it was this one. Today we talk about the Celtic Cross. Now there are as many versions of the Celtic Cross spread as there are readers who do it. I personally, surprise, surprise, use the 78 Degrees of Wisdom one found by Rachel Pollock in her book by that title. That is how I'm going to kind of talk through the positions of the cards and what I am going to be reading for myself. This is the first episode you're listening to. While I do these reads in a public sort of way, you are in fact listening to this now, I am not pulling these cards necessarily for the public energy. It's not Something that is necessarily going to resonate with every reader I, or listener. I am more recording these, recording my personal reads, as a way to continue deepening my own relationship with these cards and the various decks that I've started accumulating. To dig into these cards, discuss them, really see what the archetypes are, understand the core energies of them. And also as you know, a little bit of potential guidebook for your own personal practice. I found when I was just getting into the tarot, it was super helpful to watch friends of mine read for themselves and see how they dealt with the cards, see how they would, you know, how those cards came up for them in their lives. You know, what does eight of wands mean for you? I know what eight of wands means for me. How's it show up for you? Right. And you can, you can understand different nuance by hearing how these cards come up for other people in reads that have nothing to do with your own. Right. So I hope that that is useful. I'm going to assume it is because you're still listening. (laughs) And that is the idea of reads that I'm sharing and uh, especially for today's read. So I am, like I said, doing a Celtic cross read. This is a 10 card read, 11 if we count significator. And it's a lot of information. The Celtic cross is a lot of information. When I first started reading, I think I thought that the Celtic cross was like the only way to read if you were, quote, serious about it, right? Like every tarot book ever is going to be like, start with one card pulls. One is enough. And my ass is like, no, (laughs) give me 10 cards now, 11 cards now. I don't know what a pentacle is, but I clearly need this much information immediately because that is who I am as a person. So the first few, you know, inevitably, the first few times you read Celtic Cross for yourself, you're just overwhelmed and you just don't even know where to start because everything seems new. The images are new. The cards are new. You're trying to figure out this iconography and all of this 
backstory and history and what are these archetypes and what is the language that I'm learning here? So you're like learning a language of images, right? And then on top of that, you're having to figure out how these cards interact with each other and the positions that they're being placed in. Plus, you know, this is a read that has a position of outcome. It also has a position of a possible outcome, which we'll talk about when we get to the read. But we're getting close to the feelings of like, oh God, I'm telling the future, right? Which can be a feel to process because we don't want to get caught in that idea of like, oh, but if, you know, I'm, I'm making it happen. It's a self-fulfilling prophecy now. Or, you know, what if it says something bad? Does that mean that something's going to happen that's bad? And the answer is maybe. So it's like any other day. Like, calm down. <laughs> Just let yourself develop a relationship with the deck before you're freaking out about what it might say. So that, that I think is a very common first experience with a Celtic cross, but I recommend or will do a Celtic cross for friends or clients when I want to look at the pieces of the story. That for me in my practice is how I think of the Celtic cross. I just want to see the pieces of the story. So when there's a complex situation going on, when there's a decision to be made that is more larger scale, where you really need to be weighing multiple options or looking at previous versions of this for yourself, looking at your own past, present, future, you know, really just contextualizing in a what if scenario, right? Thinking about it from that perspective, that I think is the most utility I personally get out of my Celtic cross reads. I will not do a Celtic cross read for myself more than maybe once a week. And that's pushing it. Because the amount of information you get from a Celtic cross is, is huge. There's just so much information to process, digest, go back through. So that is, again, why I recommend people journal. It's why I journal. I have so many tarot journals. It's part of why I'm making this podcast. It is also um, something I do in my practice with my little meditation altars and my tarot altars, my ancestor and love altars, which is kind of how I have things set up right now, is... I will use the cards, I will pull specific cards from the read. And I try not to just you know, pull all of them, because again, if everything's important, nothing is. But I do try to pull the cards that speak loudest, that I really feel like, ooh, that was the thing, that's what's happening there, right? Whatever card gives me that feeling, whether or not it's something I liked, whether or not it's a good feeling, just a strong feeling of, yep, that's what's happening. Those are the cards I try to pull. And I try to really pull the essence of like the core message of how to move forward. Those are the cards that I will pull out of the, you know, Celtic cross of whatever came up for me and place them on my altar or altars because you're know, seeing it, it, you know, these altars for me, they're in a space I'm in very frequently. It's my little studio workroom slash pole room, stretch room, magic's room you know it, it's the spare room right i live in a two-bedroom apartment one of them i sleep in the other one i do my things right so this is my thing doing room <laughs> and it's helpful to have them up in a place that you're going to see them because it reminds you of the read it reminds you to work with those energies it reminds you of some things that maybe you hadn't thought of before and for me i will really only do another celtic cross for myself once i feel as though the messages from those cards have been resolved like We've, we've listened, we've done, we've dealt with, let's take a look now at something else, right? I feel ready to move on. So all of that being said, why am I doing a Celtic cross today? Well, you're here, so I'm going to assume you asked slash want to know. 
I, you know, I, I, I record these a little bit ahead of time. What is currently happening right now for me is it is the day before the new tier three mitigations take place in the state of Illinois, which is where I come home. And so it's been a busy time to be running a studio, by which I mean, you know, just having to shut things back down. We've done it before. We can do it again. You know, we've got a plan. I'm not really necessarily worried in the ways I was worried before, but it is still just work, right? You know, COVID's still happening. Just because you're just because you're over COVID doesn't mean COVID's over. I say that to myself about a million times a day. Every time I don't want to wipe something down. And yeah, so that was happening. Had some relationship shifts in my life across the romantic spectrum, a little bit across more personal spectrums. And yeah, so there's just a lot possibly going on at this moment and feeling a little disoriented, feeling a little aimless, and at the same time feeling very cold to go some specific places, but those are not the places where the money is. (laughs) And so I'm just having to balance, you know, real life and the artist's life. So I think that's about as much backstory as, as one might need to understand what I am working through, thinking through, looking through. And so the deck that I'm going to use here, I did decide to use my star spinner for this because I think that with the specific things that I'm asking about, the 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 art style, the fact that it is a you know it's a very queer created deck multiple representations of different types of love as intention throughout this deck I I really feel like that's kind of where I'm at with it right now that that deck feels like the right one to be using for this in this moment and so yeah as I'm shuffling here thinking about pieces of the story just kind of want to see what's going on, have some conversation with myself about this moment and what progressing through this moment might look like. So I've been shuffling. I'm going to do my great big messy shuffle that I always do. Give all the cards a nice equal chance here. See if anything pops up while I'm shuffling. For larger spreads, for longer spreads like the Celtic Cross, instead of necessarily sensing out every single card, as and again, there's no wrong way to do any of this. It's really just about what practices wind up aligning for you and how you wind up finding utility in them. I found that for basically anything bigger than a one-card pull, I prefer to cut the deck in a few different ways and then just kind of let it fly. Whatever cards are coming up, I believe that having shuffled with intention that they are where they need to be to give me the picture that I need. So I'll cut the deck three times once it's shuffled. And then I'll just kind of hold my hand on or over those three. Just kind of sense the order that I feel it needs to be in, and then from there just play it all out, deal them fuckers, and see where they land. So that's what we're going to do here. Okay, this is very interesting. 
So a lot of these cards are cards that I have been getting in various other reads, various other positions, some about some of the issues I was discussing, some others. And I'm interested. I'm very interested. So the first card that I'm going to talk about that I got as Significator, which again, as I've discussed in a previous episode, I draw the Significator. I don't select the Significator. You know, I, I let it come up with the rest of the cards in the deck. And so for me, I got the Two of Swords Reversed. This is very much a card of guarded energy, a card of difficulty, a card of really trying to isolate yourself so that you can really see what's going on. But in trying to isolate and protect yourself, this is you're actually cutting yourself off from what would help or save you. So I'm going to briefly, as there are many cards, but briefly consult and highlight anything from the guidebook that I feel is relevant as I am still developing my relationship with this deck. Always developing my relationship with my decks constantly. So in reverse, two of swords represents two choices with comparable consequences. Might be caught between two competing sides or find yourself overwhelmed with unwelcome external input. In this case, you may not need to make a decision at all. You must examine whether you are a necessary element in this particular conflict. It may be prudent to walk away and let others sort things out. Hmm, interesting. Very interesting. So that, that is the take on the Two of Swords that the Star Spinner gives us. So kind of giving us an overall feeling for where the energy of this read is, where it's coming from. And we'll, we'll look at this card in conjunction with a few others. Wow, I'm like weirded out almost, y'all, with how many fucking the same cards are coming up here. Clearly I'm just not listening to my Star Spinner reads without doing them. Ah, here I am being like, yeah, you know, only do a Celtic cross when uh, when you feel you've accomplished certain things. And how many of these cards are the same? One, two, three, four, five, six. Literally all but two cards of this 11-card spread I have had in the last two or three reads. Like, literally all of them. They're all in little different places, little different aspects. But in terms of a guide for where we're, where we're talking about, if, if these are the pieces of the story, I've seen them before, quite literally. So I think we're, I think we're on the money here. So in the Celtic Cross, I'm going to talk through the positions first, and then I'll go into this read. As Pollock talks it out in her book, we have what is called the Small Cross. The center of the kind of circular part of the reed. There's there's two parts of this reed. There's the small cross. So you have one card center and then a card that's called the crossing, which is put over top to make a cross, you know, from the cards. And then you have four cards that circle that small cross. And then you end in a straight line up the rest. The last four cards are in a straight line. So the bottom card in the small cross this is kind of overall core what's going on. And you read that with the crossing card, which is the energy that's interacting, intersecting with this one. Again, as I mentioned in previous episodes, I am fascinated, absolutely fascinated by crossing energy. And it's core to how I read most things. That's why I love the significator so much. So for me, this isn't much of a change in how I read, but for some people who really deal with one card at a time, the small cross can sometimes 
feel a little extra because you're looking at two cards and how they interact. And then you have the position of basis, which is directly beneath the small cross. And then we have the position of recent past to the left of the small cross, so going around kind of clockwise from the bottom. And then at the top of the clock, 12 o'clock, we've got possible outcome. And then 3 o'clock on the clock, we've got near future. And then we start at the bottom of the straight line with self, the position of self. Then we have the position of environment above that. Above that is hopes and fears. And then finally, we have outcome. So we have possible outcome and outcome. And I really like having those two cards there. We'll talk about the differences between them as we go. So returning to our read. In the position of basis, we have the four. Nope, we have the nine. I can't read Roman numerals upside down. I'm really, really so good at this. I was right, four. Four of chalices. Reversed. Certainly a card I've been seeing lately. It says you've attempted to power through trauma and adversity to your detriment. You might yearn for a moment's rest, but circumstances thwart your attempts to withdraw and recuperate. Signifies a period of stress, anxiety, and burnout. Well, yeah, didn't need to read that card to know that, but now we know it. And then it's crossed with the Nine of Swords, which I did kind of a longer thing about recently on my Instagram, talking about Nine of Swords energy, often referred to as the Nightmare card, has a lot to do with our positions of power, what plagues us, what keeps us up at night, calls attention to deepest fears and recurring nightmares, everything feels pointless. And it, uh, the crossing card, we read this both upright and reversed, so you kind of look at both because, you know, it is neither. Uh, it lives in that liminal space, the crossing card. In many ways, the crossing card is like the fool plus one position for, for those who are familiar with the energy of the major arcana card, the fool. So, yes, this card making a lot of sense. In the reverse position, it's speaking more about anxiety and being wracked with guilt. <laughs> who, me? Uh, but avoiding the sources of the anxiety can't bring myself to seek help and suffering alone, which that really fits with what we were seeing with the two of swords reversed. And in general, I think swords are really the predominant suit that we see here. We've got a fair amount of pentacles as well, or coins as well, but mostly swords. Yeah, just generally looking for, at a difficult time where I'm feeling very isolated, don't really feel like I know what to do. So yeah, I think we're very aware of that. And Interestingly enough, the basis card that we're looking at here with this is the Knight of Wands, which was the significator of my last Celtic cross that I did with this deck, and has really just been showing up a lot for me lately. You know, Knight of Wands energy, about that lust for life, willingness to try anything, suited up and ready to make mistakes. Lofty goals and ambitions, but might be a little overconfident, might be a little impervious to warnings, so I think... I have a complicated relationship with this card because I know myself to have that energy and yet at the same time I'm feeling these other things. So I really feel like that has to do with the charge forward, like maybe I'm charging forward a little much in certain aspects of my life and that's, you know, par for the fucking course, so that's fair. And that maybe, you know, again, that outside counsel is something to be considered. In fact... 
very few of these cards that I pulled have other people in them. Most of the cards that I pulled for this are solo friends. So, mm -hmm. another resonant theme throughout the read. So yes, in the position of recent past, I have the Ace of Coins here, and the read that I'm, I'm talking about, I did record, but I have recently done a follow-up to it, talking about on feeling thwarted, on when you feel like you, you missed something. This is very much a card that had to do with that for me. So Ace of Coins, yep, in the recent past, I have certainly been in reversed Ace of Coins land. I know it's time to leave the garden, but also at the same time, feel like I can't, but also financial difficulty. Like all of those things are happening at once. Definitely the moment. So in this, we see possible outcome as Queen of Coins reversed. This is Queen of Pentacles, who Queen of Pentacles actually is a really just gorgeous, gorgeous card, really great energy. And in the Waite Smith, the Queen of Coins has a relationship with the Empress. Is kind of like a more real world mediated Empress. You know, the Empress energy can be very it has no holds, right? It's no hold barred, which is kind of a little bit of Knight of Wands energy. So maybe also with these two cards opposed, I can see what this is talking about here with the Queen of Coins maybe being a little bit out of alignment, having experienced some difficulty. It can also mean not trusting yourself for the Queen of the Earth suit. It can mean not being grounded, which leads to fear and anxiety, a need to build up personal confidence besides my accomplishments, but just like who I am as a person, and a grounding of emotions in ordinary things, in ordinary pleasures and satisfying work. So in the position of possible outcome, you know, I really think that this is talking about, you know, ways to kind of pull myself out of the feelings that we're having here. This also, looking specifically at the star spinner, brings up Pieces of a lack of balance between professional and personal spheres. Overworked, drained, picking up slack. It's difficult to be tactful with others. Might be time to step back and engage in meaningful self-care and trust that others are capable of handling themselves. Oh, look, it's a resonant theme. <laughs> Another card talking about how I'm isolating myself when I should really just be letting others do things. And we're only halfway through the read. I guarantee you I'm going to have to say that about seven more times. And then probably 20 more times before I actually do it. But we're learning. We're learning. We're all learning. <laughs> so what I have in the position of near future is King of Coins, which uh, that would be great. I would super love to be in that place. The King of Coins suggests you know, ambitious leader, adept at managing finances. You know, he's a good dude. He's a really successful business person. Can be trusted to handle things on a large scale. This card for me usually comes up in, you know, in areas of career because this is very much the space that I occupy in you know, one of my professional spheres. So in position of near future, I'm interested in that because it, in some ways it feels a little contradictory to what I was seeing before, but I think it has more to do with evolution than removal. And I think that'll make more sense when we look at this card, which is coming up next, which is self. 
I got the death card here in this position of self. And I think that really just speaks that, you know, I, a part of me is changing drastically and I've been feeling this all year, really all year. I mean, I'm in a justice year, but it's leading up to a big death year. And that is also just the arc that I personally am going to live through very, very frequently in terms of my cards of the year. So I know when this card comes up for me that it's just time to let something go, even if I don't want to. And I think that's true in multiple aspects of my life. I think I'm running myself in circles on a couple of things that really just like aren't that big a deal. If I could just let them go, I would have so much more space to do other things. And also, yeah, I got this card as my one card pull the other day. So I think that is also part of it. The position of environment is above self. And here I have the seven of swords reversed. Which is a very like backstabby card. And also in this deck, like the, they are intense about the seven of swords in this deck. When I read the, when I first got this card, I was like taken aback almost when I read the description. I was like, this is maybe one instance where I feel like descriptions in the Waite Smith are maybe a little kinder than the Star Spinner, because the Star Spinner speaks of this as the betrayer card, like the betrayer. And when it's upright, you're getting away with it. And when it's reversed, you're either feeling conflicted and still getting away with it, you know, the energy's just changed, or someone has seen through. Someone has figured you out. And can also mean that you're in denial of that fact. So, this is not a cozy card, but that's fine. In the position of environment, as this card came up for me last time, it was the significator in what was otherwise a really promising looking read. And for what I was asking for with that, that is pretty on the money. It was a situation that I thought was pretty promising, that's different. And so from my perspective, that will clearly feel like a betrayal because it feels like I was going to get one thing and then I didn't get that thing. The difference in expectation is where that feeling will come from, right? Whether or not it's what's actually happening. So I think in position of environment of that being reversed, it, you know, it came up upright last time with it coming up reverse this time. I really feel like that's the kind of the process that we're talking about. Like we have seen through the ruse. We know what's going on now, but in position of environment, like that's just still in the background. Like it's just still not super cozy feeling. And then in the position of hopes and fears, I have the devil reversed, which in this deck is really, I mean, so many of them are so gorgeous in the star spinner, but the imagery that's chosen to represent the bondage and the, you know, you know ways in which we are chained to that which would hold us down or imprison us is really stark because it's not just, you know, hand, like in the Waitsmith Smith where it's, you know, some naked lovers standing there with some cuffs around their, around the wrists. These, these individuals are completely tangled in chains. They are completely separated from each other. And in the middle is this devilish figure who is forcing them to recognize what's going on on their own. And in the position of hopes and fears, you know, the devil in general really speaks about that moment of recognizing that which oppresses you, 
the moment of noticing the chains on your wrist and you're like, hey, I don't like that. That fucking hurts. Why am I here? And when it's upright, this can really speak to noticing that and like moving past it. But when it's reversed, something else is happening. So as the star spinner digs into it, says your penchant for self-restraint and discipline has become stifling. Though you are dutiful and responsible, you've denied yourself joy and satisfaction in your day-to-day -day living. When good behavior is its own reward, it might be difficult to find motivation. It may also be that your pursuit of pleasure has taken a turn for the worse. What began as a momentary release has developed into a bad habit. Mm, interesting. So looking at all aspects of that. In the position of hopes and fears. Yeah, I'm really just feeling chained. But I don't totally know why. And then in terms of outcome, we've got the Six of Chalices reversed. Now, this is a card that I had pulled at the end of a one-card read just to, like, see what it was. Because it was something that I had felt like, mm, maybe I want to turn this card. But then I, I decided to go with another feeling and was really felt like maybe I needed to pull that one as well before I finished the read. And I believe in that it came up upright. And here we're looking at reversed. So yeah, looking at memories of the past, yielding sorrow, long buried regrets, resurfacing, clinging to the past, need to make peace with the rela your relationship with your past. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I think it's really just... Pieces of the story right now are not about moving forward. The pieces of the story right now are about recognizing where I fucking am and maybe taking some more care for myself than I have been. Maybe not rushing in with my Knight of Wands self. If I'm really in a reverse Two of Swords place, I need to be taking care of myself. And so much of what I'm seeing here is really about that. So I think it's interesting. So in terms of... Looking at the position of outcome along with the position of potential outcome. So that's the fifth and tenth cards of the overall spread. These two work together. Uh, you can sometimes think of the possible outcome as what might be going down if you don't change anything. And then outcome is if you listen to the tarot and the things that are coming up for you and you incorporate these into your path. You can also sometimes read them as two different feelings about the outcome. It really depends on how they're working together. And so for this, I'm looking at the Queen of Coins reversed and I'm looking at the Six of Chalices reversed. Both have very similar energies. And so I'm looking at this as just kind of confirmation that it doesn't really matter how I try and get myself out of it. <laughs> I just need to sit with myself for this, right? Like, I just need to spend some time sitting with it, dealing with it, looking at the pieces of it, and caring for myself as part of the process. Because the Queen of Coins reversed is just talking about everything being difficult, and, you know, it's the effect of difficulty on the Queen of, of Coins, that, that very Empress-like, but still grounded in reality person that she is, you know, when she faces lots of difficulty, she can just get, you know, she forgets who she is. She just forgets who she is. And 
looking at the six of chalices reversed, you know, this is about, you know, maybe difficult memories, other pieces, you know, just like forgetting who you are. And I think that's really core. In in some ways I do feel a little lost. Like I'm looking, I'm searching for identity a bit because some of the things that I had, that had been occupying a lot of my time are now going to occupy significantly less of it, <laughs> if any at all. So I think that, yeah, this is in this instance, the possible outcome and outcome positions are working together to really show me like, look, like you just need to deal with this. There's not really a way out or around. You just might need to deal with it. So after our super uplifting little spread that we just did, right? Wasn't that just super uplifting? Though I will say, I will often at the end of a read, once I feel I've gotten the information, just pull the next card just to kind of like see what might be coming up next, see what we might be looking at, working with, what is beyond this moment. And I pulled the, I believe it is the page, yep, page of coins, and it was upright, and this is the page of coins is eager to explore new creative or professional opportunities. There's money to be made, and you're excited to participate in this environment. Card signifies that you are inexperienced, but you show a great deal of potential. There is a strong enthusiasm to learn all the tricks of the trade. Very student energy. So that is making me feel like I might have a little bit more direction as well for where to go with the energy of the read. But also, I think it is important to sit with where we are. Be in the energy you're in. Don't try to fight it. Don't try to run away from it. Let it process through you and let it take the time it takes to do so. And so in that vein, we're going to read some poetry I wrote when I was processing some of the many things that inspired this read. So this right now, as with much of the poetry I'm sharing in this podcast, will likely be edited many times over. But this is where it stands right now. And the working title is Calypso and Me. I'm a lot. And I feel too deep. And I hurt too hard. And I laugh too loud. And I curse too lewd. And I smoke too shrewd. And I cry too much. And I kiss too well. And I dance too raunch. And I write such hell. And worst of all, I love with every fiber of my being. I am all not seeming. I am the tempest in which mortals pray to be caught, a force of nature unable to change her howl. Didn't the sailors call it singing? Proud-tied and desperate for me until they try to leave. They want me for my much but can't handle my perpetuity. Yes, they do always seem to leave. I am sick of picking out splinters of ships from the flesh protecting my siren soft heart. Point me the way to Olympus, since clearly it will take some kind of deity to weather me. All right, well, hope you enjoyed the poetry. Sometimes it's good to lean in to the difficult. Lean in and make some art through it. So yes, 
this week, around the time that this episode goes live, so will my website. Ah, so exciting. Going full public from its little beta test. You can check it out at lianamarie.squarespace.com. And if the way that I dug into the Celtic Cross was useful to you, if you're looking for ways to deepen your own personal practice with the spread, you can check out the store on my website. I've got a great Celtic Cross worksheet that is five whole pages of graphic organization, journal prompts, ways of looking at this spread and the cards together to help you navigate through that what can sometimes be a little bit of a daunting spread, especially if you're just starting out. Uh, but I've got plenty of other stuff in the store too, other worksheets, other videos available for purchase. And as always, you can always book a read. Uh, check out what I do in terms of movement and writing instruction as well. There's a blog, stuff about the podcast. It's really my one-stop shop. It's really the place to find information about my various goings-on. So, again, that is Liana Marie, L-I-A-N-A, Marie.squarespace.com. Give it a little check out, and I hope that wherever you are, if whatever your quarantine situation looks like at whatever time you're listening to this, that you and yours are safe and healthy. Hope you are safely enjoying some time off for the holiday, whatever you are able to do for that or how you celebrate. I hope that you enjoyed this little double feature episode. I will be taking one week of a break off the podcast to spend some time with my loved ones virtually via Zoom. It'll be just me and the hubs for the holiday, us and little baby cat, and looking forward to it, honestly. It might become a tradition. <laughs> so, yes, thanks for spending some extra time with me this week. Enjoy your holiday, enjoy your time, and I love you. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of What's Up Deck. You can find me on Instagram at this piece of work. Or if, like me, you wish to avoid social media whenever possible, join me in my corner of the internet at lianamarie.squarespace.com, the best place to book me for tarot readings, writing workshops, and movement instruction. Bye!